0: Only station in Sacramento giving you local sports coverage from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Town Sports.
1: Drive, guys. Whitey Gleason with good news for Kyle Draper, although I'm pretty sure he already knows this. Yeah, we got Thursday night football tonight. Uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Travis Kelsey is supposed to play, and I forget her name. She's <laughs> supposed to be there.
2: His girlfriend, the, the singer lady. What's her name? I guess put some respect on her name, Whitey. What is it? Just the hottest selling artist in the entire world right now, not nation in the entire the world. Great Taylor
1: Swift will be there. Yeah, she's expected to be there.
2: Tay Tay, as I call her. <laughs> Tay Tay, me and Tay Tay, I'll be checking her out tonight.
1: Apparently, Beyonce showed up at the world premiere of Taylor Swift's new
2: concert films, so. yeah and you're talking that? the two biggest stars out there right now had massive tours and we're seeing women support women i'm all for it i loved it and uh i might have to check out the uh the, the <laughs> you... film the concert oh, film okay. you know no okay. what, what you <laughs> i thought you're gonna say i might watch the game tonight now to see if i now see to her. see if i, I mean <laughs> i was a huge taylor I, I told you before man it's not taylor swift mania for me her and I go way back. You know what I mean? She like, we go back several years, you know? When she was a country star? When she was a country star, we are never giving, getting back together. Remember that song? We are never, never ever, never, ever. Never. See, even you know it. You I know. I, I I caution you. I, I, I'm going to have you do this for me, Whitey. I know usually you go home. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? You go home. You look up Brock Purdy articles and reasons to, uh, you know, prove your point that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL. But look up Taylor Swift, We Are Never uh, Getting Back Together, live. where she went to see a kid in the hospital room and she played that for that song. It was, you know, one of her, uh, you know, uh, early hits, obviously. And this kid was sick in the hospital and she gave him a live performance. That's the kind of stuff Tay-Tay does that I like.
1: About twelve years ago, whatever it was, I was working at the station in San Francisco and I've sometimes, you know, after show I'd look for like uh, something to doodle on, and there was like a guitar. Someone said, hey, there's this guitar. It used to be a country station, and it's not a country station anymore. So they had this you know, promotional material. There's this guitar, and you can you can play uh, it. So I was like, okay, just fiddle around on it. And there's these autographs on it, and one of them was Taylor Swift. You know, I, I left the station, I just left it
2: there. What?
1: <laughs> I didn't take what it.
2: What are with... you doing? What, like, well, she just... wasn't, she what wasn't do Taylor mean? Swift yet. You couldn't recognize the talent back then? <laughs> You can see the future it was, stardom.
1: It was a Taylor Swift autographed guitar. Darn, not a nice guitar! Can you imagine that right I just, now? I forgot all about it. I, I might her, have like... to
2: look that up, man. How much <laughs> could you fetch for that right now? Taylor Swift autographed guitar. Can I tell you a little secret? Yeah, I was walking through the uh, halls here at the studio, and you know they got plaques on the wall, yeah. and Taylor Swift is uh, one of them. Okay, and I was looking around. I was like, "Do they have cameras in here?" Because I, I thought, "No, seriously, White." Oh, it's I, like one of her gold records. Yeah, one of her gold records, records and I think it was signed and everything. Uh. I was like, "Man, I may have to cop this on the low." Like that's how big of a fan of Taylor now Swift you can't, I am. Because
1: you told me, uh, right, right. I, you know, I'm a
2: law abiding citizen, Whitey. I would never do such a thing.
1: Yeah, but I probably should have taken that guitar home. Uh, the 49ers are taking on the Cleveland Browns, and you've been telling us, Kyle Draper that this could be a tougher game than it looks against the Cleveland Browns because they're so good yes. defensively. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say yesterday about why he thinks this could be the 49ers' toughest challenge yet. I mean, this game is, to me, the biggest challenge we've had so far. I mean, thought that was going to be Dallas, too, um, going into it. But then you look at this and, um, you look—you know, the defensive numbers just jump out. You don't see very much that they're number one or two in everything. Uh, red zone's the only thing they're not, but that's the only because I think they've had eight plays there all year. Um, And Baltimore ran it in, so that didn't help their rankings there. But everything else is top-notch. We're doing that too and offensively right now, so it should be a hell of a battle. Um, When you look at a defense like that, a team who's committed to running the ball like they are, I mean, that's like the prime best way to get into the playoffs. And um, that's why I expect this team to be there throughout this year. You know, I'm reminded of the old, old, old days. Bill Walsh and those great 49er teams, no matter who they were playing, he would just – you know, oh, the Tampa Bay Bucks on any given Sunday. Jack Thompson, he can sling it. So part of that is just that's what a coach says. But there is a lot of truth to that. What really stood out to me is where Shanahan says that's the prime best way to get into the playoffs. You run the ball, uh, and you're committed to the run, and you play defense. And I just thought, well, that's an interesting little insight. We knew that, but okay.
2: No, it's true. That's how you win football games, and it's amazing. You know, I could go a number of different ways with this. You talk about the running back position, running the football, there's a resurgence of running backs, I think, in this in, in the NFL now. Also, I could argue passing numbers are actually down. I, I don't have the actual stats to back this up, but the eye test to me shows that the passing numbers are actually down and the running numbers are up regarding the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if Kyle Shannon heard or not that Deshaun Watson probably not not playing. Like in practice, today, uh, yeah, something the, weird yeah, going on. Yeah, something you know. I understand respecting your opponent, but no, Nick Chubb. No, Deshaun Watson. You got a guy, uh, Jerome Ford. Uh, I crunched his numbers, looked up his. I think he's averaging three point nine uh, per attempt uh, a carry. So I understand this Browns team is one of the best rushing teams, but that was with Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Since Nick Chubb's been out, not so much. And so I, I do think, however, Whitey, when you look at this Niners schedule. This will be the toughest game they face, the toughest opponent, because this Browns defense should be able—you would think—to keep them in the game a little bit. First of all, as I told you yesterday, one of the reasons all these guys are
1: hurt before they play the 49ers is because <laughs> they don't want any part right, of oh, Eric they're, Armstead they're, they're, right.
2: <laughs> and Fred Warner. Right? They're
1: like, oh, they're afraid. Arm. I'm sure. Ah, they're, they're, I can't play. They're—they're they're afraid. They're afraid. <laughs> I, I get
2: it. I get it. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Um, but seriously, there—there there appears to be something. Um, more going on here with Deshaun Watson. He didn't practice today. Uh, there was a report in ProFootballTalk.com that in the locker room, some players are starting to wonder why he's not playing. Mm. To me, one thing I've learned, I don't know about you, but to me, I've learned if a, in pro sports, if a guy says I'm hurt, you just, okay, accept that. Because there's too many times when people question it, turns out, wow, that guy was really hurt. But people inside the locker room and the team now, apparently they're wondering, I guess he was cleared to play Was it the last game he got medical clearance and still didn't play? So that's becoming an issue and clear. Why isn't he playing? I don't pretend to know the answer. And and,
2: and they say it's a a bruised rotator cuff uh, in the right arm. And so you would think a bruise, all right, painful. uh, But it's been a few weeks now. Let's not forget they had the bye week also, right? Yes. Yeah, they had the yeah. bye week too. And so uh, you would think, you know, after three weeks of of not being out there, you know, he would be ready if it's just a bruise. And, I, you know, I don't know how good of a quarterback he is. What I do know is his value to that team is undeniable because their backup situation is putrid. Like, it, it's it's not a good backup situation. And so for Kyle Shanahan to say it's going to be the toughest test and all that – I get it. You're respecting your opponent. But the Niners should still roll in this game. Like I said, I got the Browns scoring maybe three, six points in this game. And the fact that the Niners are only favored by seven is shocking to me. You could put the
1: Cleveland offense on the field by themselves. No defense for an hour. (laughs) They might score three touchdowns. They might. No defense. No defense. So, yeah, they're giving up. The defense is giving up. Let's see, fifteen points a game. Yeah, second fewest, fifteen a game. But I think they're only scoring. I think they're at nineteen. Nineteen, a yeah. Game, right they're twenty
2: third uh, in in scoring. Twenty uh, first in total yards. Fifth in rushing. But like I said, you don't have Nick Chubb now, and so Chubb's been out a, c- a couple of games, obviously. And they're thirtieth in passing. Yeah. 172.5 touchdowns. And you yeah.
1: take care of the ball and that should be ball. Game. Right.
2: Exactly. And one thing the Niners have been able to do uh, is neutralize a team's run game because the Niners jump out on you quickly. You know, right. You know, when they get the ball opening drive, they're scoring touchdowns and already you're behind the eight ball. And so that's why I don't think that the, this Browns team has the offense that could keep up. You know, if they score 17 points talking about the Niners, that should be enough. Like this defense you know, just shellacked Dak Prescott in the Cowboys' offense, and the Cowboys' offense is infinitely times better than what we'll see from Cleveland.
1: I hate to go back to this because everyone knows this if you're paying attention, but when you look at what Cleveland gave up to get Deshaun Watson, you look at how up and down he's been, and you look at all the baggage that he brought Mm. when he played for them, that's got to be one of, if not the worst trade in NFL history. All things
2: considered. Yeah, the the, the trade, everything you give up, the contract you gave him, the guarantees as well. All that in totality for what? Like, well, he hasn't moved the needle for you guys. And I thought this would be the season, you know, uh, second year in the system, come back, play well. And now he's hurt. He's going to miss another game, uh, it looks like. And so uh, still a long way to go, but I I don't know, you know, would they have been better trying to tank for Caleb Williams or somebody like that? Yeah, I think so.
1: Uh, but they had the blinders on for Deshaun yeah. Watson, and he still – he has had, I think, one good game this year, and maybe he'll be feeling better by Sunday. Maybe he can turn this season around, and it's too bad for them that they're not getting decent quarterback play because, yeah, the defense has been so good. That's a legitimate right. playoff
2: team if they have –
1: any offense whatsoever. Are you
2: worried at all about the Browns' defense? We you, we talked about the numbers. You know, number two in uh, points allowed per game, uh, tremendous when it comes to yards given up. Number one in that they got Miles Garrett, obviously. You know who can put pressure. Are you at all? concerned or worried, or what's your level of concern about this Browns defense? It's not very high, just because I
1: don't think, as talented as their defense is, I don't think they've really played any great offenses. They did beat Cincinnati, I think, in the opener, but that was when Burrow had the bad calf. They beat Baltimore, and Baltimore, you know, has been underperforming. So I don't know if – I don't think they've seen anything like um, the versatility that they're going to see from the 49ers this week. But maybe you're right. You know, that's the NFL – any given Sunday, as they say, when we come right back, uh, I've been trying to find a way to avoid doing this. Uh, the evidence that maybe Kyle Draper is right. Maybe he's right about one or two things he's saying about Brock Purdy. I don't think so, but, but maybe he is. By the way, we're brought to you by the NorCal Sportsman Show, October 14th and 15th at the grounds in Roseville. And Drive Guys are right back on Sacktown Sports. Sports.
0: Sacramento's official home for the San Francisco 49ers. Sactown Sports.
1: First of all, my apologies. I know some people on the chat are just, you know, they're not asking politely, could you please ask Kyle to refrain from singing Taylor Swift anymore? And I, yeah, I don't know what
2: happened there. i Was that me or was that you? I don't know. I think that might have been you. Uh, you, You're the fan. You you hit the high note. I didn't. I I wasn't going for the high note like you were.
1: Well, people are complaining about your singing. I don't don't know who it was.
2: Dude, I got some pipes. We both got some pipes. (laughs) Have you ever done karaoke? No. I have. And I've been trying to get my guy, Jay, to text me a hip-hop karaoke bar. Somewhere I could go to drop some bars. He hasn't delivered it to me yet. I'm sure he will uh, now that I put him on the spot right here. But I'm thinking I'm, I might go out there and put myself out there and do some karaoke. That would be fun. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I need to just not care what people think about me. Not you know?
1: karaoke. Right. I not, don't karaoke. Exactly.
2: That's- I don't karaoke. Me and my daughter, we do it all the time in the living room. I'm pretty decent. Like, Are you, you know, challenging me?
1: Oh, it. I like is that. that. A, I like
2: what you're thinking, right? Is that a challenge? A, a karaoke <laughs> off. What song would you sing? That's the question. What would be your go-to?
1: I don't know. I'm certainly not going to reveal that now. Oh, all right.
2: <laughs> you don't want to reveal the playbook just <laughs> yet? You know? You don't want to script it out? It would out? probably
1: be like a Foo Fighters or a Beatles song, but I don't know. What, what, what would be? Do you have a go-to? Oh, It would be Taylor Swift. What are you oh
2: talking about? God. <laughs> okay. Guys. That would be fun, I think. <laughs> Oh, bad blood, probably. I <laughs> might do bad blood. Some Taylor Swift bad blood. All right. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. One. I do actually I do think that was me
1: screeching the Taylor Swift. I don't think but if you're if you're listening, not watching, you wouldn't have known that. But I do think it was me never ever Oh, stop, stop <laughs> I wasn't trying to actually sing it well. It oh my gosh. I love anyway, it. I love yeah. it. Uh Cleveland Brown schedule. Let me make sure I got this straight because I think I you spoke on one of these games, Cleveland this year, they beat the Bengals twenty four three. Uh, they beat the uh actually they lost to the Steelers 26-22. They beat the Browns twenty seven three. That was a game when uh no, it was a Steeler game when Chubb got hurt. And they lost to the Ravens twenty eight to three. So they're they're two and two. They're, they're like feast yeah. or famine, right? I yeah, mean, you know, yeah. if
2: you you look at you know, this team, they beat the Bengals twenty four, they score, scored scored twenty two against Pittsburgh, scored twenty seven against Tennessee. And then but then no yeah. Deshaun Watson. DTR gets to start. They only score three against Baltimore. Yes. So this is a different Browns team than what we saw the first three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were, you know, halfway decent on both sides of the ball. Last week uh, against Baltimore, they were terrible. Yeah, especially if we see PJ Walker. Uh, PJ Walker. Yeah. I think he's a Temple product, too. Uh, PJ well, Walker. Go. There you go. Everywhere. I Football looked powerhouse. So went to Temple. I went to Temple. <laughs>
1: Um, I don't think they have any chance of slowing down Brock Purdy, playing better, as we established yesterday on our poll, better than any quarterback in the NFL. Tomorrow we're going to have on the show Mike Sando from The Athletic. And by the way, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Mike was nice enough to accept our invitation today. What we're going to talk to Mike about is a piece he wrote in The Athletic about Brock Purdy that, Mm -hmm. in all fairness, I'm bringing this up, Kyle, because I think some of the things – He writes about here, support some of the things you've been trying to convince us about Brock Purdy. And I'll just read you one part here, one segment. He says, Mike Sando, and again, he joins us tomorrow, that Brock Purdy could end up being the next Joe Montana, he could end up being the next Tom Brady, or he could end up being the next Dak Mm. Prescott. Because he points out, uh, the first 10 games of Prescott's Cowboy career are the closest thing the NFL has seen to the fairy tale unfolding in Santa Clara. There are strikingly relevant comparison points. He's talking about seven years ago, Prescott was nine and one, uh, numbers nearly identical to the ones Purdy has produced through ten starts. So again, we'll talk more about this with Mike Sando tomorrow. But I I have to admit I'd kind of forgot that when Dak Prescott burst right. out of the scene right. after Romo got hurt in the preseason,
2: he looked like this guy's gonna be the best quarterback ever. And, and we've seen a, a, a long line. Like, I, I feel like Tony Romo was that way, too, when he came on. He was the darling, you know, could make plays with his legs. You know, he was going to be the guy that led the Cowboys back to the Super Bowl. It never happened. Dak Prescott. Dak's a talented quarterback. Dak really is. You know, the offensive line failed him this past week. Uh, I could argue he could uh, use a change of scenery as well. Like, if the Cowboys feel like they want to move on from him, I know there would probably be a number of teams interested in Dak. But that's my thing about Brock Purdy. It's like, he's doing great. He's fine, Niners fans. I get it. You love him. You want to put him in the category of Joe Montana, Steve Young. But those guys made plays in the biggest of games. And I could argue Steve Young as well he beat you with his legs too, like he won games for you. Have we has Brock Purdy this season? I'm, I'm just asking. And I know he played great against the Cowboys, but was he the reason they won the game? I could argue the defense won that game against the Cowboys the other day. Brock Purdy's putting was, up numbers. He was, he was great. No, he was he was great. He was very good. But There was little to no resistance. It was like seven-on-seven drills he was going against. (laughs) He wasn't pressured at all. Guys were running free in the secondary. And so that's my thing about Brock Purdy. We're anointing him this Tom Brady-like kind of character. You know, Tom Brady was great in the final two minutes of games. That's where I need to see the evolution from Brock Purdy. I know you can play well when you have the great defense. When you're up 10 nothing, 14 nothing, 21-0, then it becomes super easy for you. But when the going gets tough, when things just aren't working right, show me something then. He hasn't had to do that just yet.
1: I will say this. I understand your point, but we'll talk more about this with uh, Mike Sando tomorrow when he joins us. One of the things he gets into is um, – the the whole idea of the best quarterbacks are able to lead their teams from behind in the biggest moments, he points out that that doesn't happen as much as people think because typically the best teams are ahead already. Right, right. And they typically win because they're ahead. But we'll we'll save that but, for tomorrow. Yeah, well, and
2: we we'll, real quick though on, on that. To that extent, Patrick Mahomes has a reputation. Tom Brady had a reputation. Uh oh. You left too much time on the clock for him. Uh-oh, you better run out the clock because if you leave him with two minutes, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to make magic happen. Tom Brady's going – Brock Purdy, doesn't. he hasn't had to do that yet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's no knock on him. But, you know, we're anointing him as this, you know, MVP candidate. Well, yes. You know, Hall of Fame kind of – court. I said it and I'll say it again. He's not even the most important player on his team in my opinion. That's CMC CMC makes it all work for this Niners team. Here I am trying trying to actually give you some
1: credit here, and you're making no, it
2: hard <laughs> <laughs> because but, you're begrudgingly doing so. You're first, pointing out with somebody, I, oh, are you going back to these numbers? You pulled those up the other day too, didn't No, these are, are these, Oh, these are fresh Listen numbers. To this. Right, first, first ten
1: starts of their careers. Purdy is like first ten starts. No one's been as good as him, yes. right? He was ten and zero. Dak was nine and one. Completion percentage. Purdy seventy percent, Dak sixty-eight mm-hmm. percent. Uh, passer rating one twenty-one one for Purdy, one oh eight six for Prescott. So you see they're very, very, very similar. Similar. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Twenty touchdowns, two interceptions for Purdy. Dak, his first ten games was seventeen touchdowns, two and, interceptions. And when was
2: Dak's first year? Do it you, you know offhand uh when is uh when when is uh he he first took over for Romo. I
1: want to say twenty. I have to double check it. Let me double check. Yeah, double check that. Like that.
2: And who was his running back? Was was Zeke the guy back then? Uh, you know, did he come in at the well, same time as Zeke? And so that's what of I'm the talking about. People
1: said then too was uh, oh he's got a lot of talent around him. Exactly,
2: that's exactly. Uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. He had a lot of talent, and so it was tailor made to you know drop him in and look what happens. I go back to last season. And I bring up Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know fans hate you know, the comparison and everything like that. But you look at the games Jimmy Garoppolo started when CMC was on the roster, when the trade was made. Nine touchdowns, one interception. I believe the completion percentage was 71%. And so CMC opens up so much. CMC took this offense from very good, to virtually unstoppable. That's all I'm saying. Brock Purdy's doing what's being asked of him. He's doing everything right. I get it. But you know, I don't want to put him in that category of the best quarterback in the league or a top three NFL MVP kind of guy, because he has everything. You know, it's like tailor made for him.
1: The numbers you just mentioned—they're—they're—they're they're, they're factual. Yeah, I can't say no. That's not true about Jimmy. I do think anybody who's really watching, and I think you know this too, you may not admit it, but Brock Purdy is playing better for the 49ers than Jimmy ever did. Right now, he's playing better. But how about this? Michael Irvin, now you're an Eagles guy, so you're probably, oh, Michael Irvin doesn't know what he's talking no, about. No, Michael Irvin's my guy. I like Michael Okay, Irvin. yeah, and he's a great interview. Yeah. Michael Irvin says, right now... In this 49er offense, and this is the same thing I said, and you you tried to throw it out the window, and no, you don't know what you're talking about. Michael Irvin says in this 49er offense, he would take Brock Purdy over any other quarterback in the NFL. That's Michael Irvin. He says, I'd
2: take right now in this offense Brock Purdy over anybody. Did he explain why? Because you can say that, but the only reason I would take Brock Purdy over anybody in this Niners offense is because Brock Purdy doesn't take chances in terms of – he's not loose with the ball. He doesn't – and we've said this, and I've said it, and I heard you say what you said about Brock Purdy. In this offense, he's the best one for it. I get that. But Brock Purdy, to me, has a ceiling. Brock Purdy, to me, when things are going great, good. He can win you a game or two. But, man, it's, it's sort of like having an NBA guy. He's going to get you 15 to 20 a night pencil it in he's Harrison Barnes that's Brock Purdy but sometimes just sometimes you need somebody that can go off for 40 points to win you a game you need a De'Aaron Fox you need a Devin Booker a LeBron James Brock Purdy he'll get you this 15 to 20 mark it down he's going to be great every single night you can count on him Mr. Reliable but what about that time you do need him to throw for more than 300 yards? You do need him to lead you down the field in a two-minute drive and get it done. That's I, what I i haven't seen enough tape from him on that.
1: We'll uh, continue the conversation tomorrow. I'll just leave it here. Michael Irvin points out that, you know what? Patrick Mahomes is a great fit for Andy Reid's system. That's, that's what Michael Irvin says, no. and he's right. He says Andy Reid is a great coach with a great offense, and Patrick Mahomes is a great fit for that system.
2: Do 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 the Chiefs have the same number of weapons as, as Pat Mahomes?
1: They have. In I the mean, past. Uh, as the Niners, like yeah, when Patrick you know. Mahomes was piling up his MVPs and, and and his Super Bowls, yeah, they had some pretty pretty good weapons. So so last year, uh
2: huh. Hey, their weapons weren't that great last year. That's why. That were, they, that's
1: why Purdy's having a
2: better year than Mahomes <laughs> this year. Oh my gosh! Tomorrow, man. right? Do With we gotta talk. Can, can I get it one day without Brock Purdy? People, I'm Maybe, looking at the YouTube tomorrow. chat. I swear, <laughs> Draper is out there only to you know for his horrible takes on Purdy. <laughs> I don't care about Brock Purdy, people. That's Whitey Gleason bringing up Brock Purdy. I, was I don't to, want to talk about Brock Purdy. I was Brock trying Purdy. to support
1: your argument today. That's what <laughs> I came in here determined to do. All right, back to the Kings. De'Aaron Fox's march on the all-time Kings scoring record yeah. continues. We'll look at that in last night's preseason game next year. Drive Guys, Town Sports.
0: Your new home for 49ers football in the 916
1: Sackdown Sports. Tough loss for the Beam team last night. I know some fans are a little, if not upset, a little uncomfortable with the fact that the Kings have lost their first two preseason games. Our Sackdown Sports YouTube poll Are you concerned that the Kings haven't won a preseason game yet? I, uh, I see how many people voted. I don't have access to the results. Uh, let the me results pull it up. Saying? Yeah,
2: I got that right now. 83% say That'd no, come. it's only pre-season. only preseason. 17% say yes, they should be better. Mm-hmm. And so Kings fans taking a measured approach to the preseason, not getting too high or too low. I, I sort of fall into the no, it's only preseason, but like I said earlier, give me 10 games. If they're still struggling this bad after 10 games, if they come out 3-7, 7 Four and six—that would concern me uh, early in the season.
1: And thank goodness we don't have ten preseason games,
2: right? Thank goodness we don't have to go through that. I know. Remember, yeah. we used to have eight back in the day. Who needs eight preseason games, man? Nobody. I really only need like three max to be honest with you. We got five this year. I'm ready for the real thing, though.
1: Yeah, and you don't need to worry about a preseason win because Drapes going to take care of us. He's got the call. Yes. Sports California on on Sunday. Yeah,
2: I got to dust off the pipes. You know what I mean? See, G-Man's already in mid-season form. You know, he's been calling the game so far. This will be my first Kings game since game six against the Warriors uh, down there at the uh, Chase Center. That was a great game. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be me and Katie on the call. And uh, no pre or post game. On NBC Sports California, but you know, of course, we got you covered here. Sacktown Sports as well. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I just hope, you know, when you're doing the game, I hope that the fans, the Purdy fans behind you are, don't <laughs> your mic doesn't pick up. <laughs>
2: dude, dude, oh you oh my pretty, pretty. gosh, man, these Purdy fans. Factor, man, you would, you would think. We got Brock Purdy like uh, solved cancer or something. The way fans are like just coming to this guy's defense, they're like flocking to his defense instead of taking a measured approach. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking just, of defense, yeah. when are we going to see some from the Kings? That's a great question. I, if I'm Mike Brown. You remember old school coaches, like, when you played, I played. Like, <laughs> if you ain't get it done, you would run suicides yes. all day. Seventeens or whatever they used to call them back in the day. You know,
1: now, I honestly, I don't even think you can call them suicides.
2: You can't call places. it. Uh, you can't some, use that that's anymore. Not, huh? that's,
1: I think that's frowned on, Yeah, too,
2: what okay. is that called now? Then I don't know. Picking I don't up lines. Know. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, even my son, he runs lines uh, right now. I used to hate those things. But if I'm Mike Brown and, you know – Something has to be done to get the message through to these guys because the Kings offense is going to be fine. It's going to be great, but man, they need their defense to step up. Like I said before, if they were a better defensive team, 48 wins could have been 52-53 easily. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, is there anything you can share with us as far as Keegan's thumb? All reports are Nothing to worry about.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I don't have anything that that we don't already know. Uh, No practice today for the Kings. They'll be back at it tomorrow. And so I'm thinking about going out there and seeing for myself what the word is on that. But, uh, you know, nothing new to report just yet. I would imagine he would be good to go. Uh, You know, the Kings have three more preseason games. It's interesting because uh, they have this game coming up. Uh, Then they have a game Wednesday. And then they got a back-to-back. So, Two preseason games uh, in a row. Uh, I think that second one is against Utah at home. I would imagine... Maybe you rest everybody that one, you know, just get ready for the season. But it's sort of a weird schedule for the Kings.
1: Yeah, and he warmed up last night, right? So if he was really hurt, there's no way he would have warmed
2: up. I think it was just precautionary. Obviously, uh, if this was a regular season, heck, we saw him last season play through a a thumb injury. And so I'm not concerned uh, right now about that.
1: Was there one positive? I know we had drapes takes earlier. One one positive
2: uh, that stood out to you above anything else for the Kings last night in the loss? Uh, I, I would say Harrison Barnes was, was a positive last yeah. night. Uh, saw him get going. You uh, heard people talking about right, him Right, right, huh? exactly. He was listening to us uh, as he was uh, getting ready uh, out there in L.A. and, and Anaheim. And so it, it was good to see him get going. DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox as well. Not that we were worried or anything, but... They played so much better than they did in that first preseason game.
1: Yeah, and Duarte played well, and he needed to. And as I said earlier, to me, that's just a really good indication that the offense is, uh, while not productive, it was functioning
2: because they had 37 makes, and they actually had
1: 30 assists. 30 assists on
2: 37 makes, and they shot, what, below 40%? Yes, sir. I think it was, and so to rack up that many assists, 30 is usually the magic number. If you're at 30 assists... You're doing something right. And so that was good to see. They're sharing the ball. You know, you got some newcomers, Whitey, and guys aren't searching for their shots. They're still playing uh, within that team concept. Something to keep an eye on this year, De'Aaron Fox has uh,
1: 7,974 points. I know it's a lot of numbers. He's 15th all-time on the Kings uh, franchise list. So he needs 1,029 points to pass Scott Wedman for 10th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And he should do that. De'Aaron has averaged about 1,077 points his first five seasons. So if he has another year this year like he did last year, he would actually end up passing Peja for 7th on the Mm. all-time list. And if you're past Peja on the all-time list, that would mean he'd move into third place all-time for Sacramento Kings players behind Mitch and behind Sacramento, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So he would pass – you know, 13 is Bibby, Weber's 11. Um, so he's on pace now to continue climbing up those charts. And yeah. I don't think it's a stretch to suggest if he stays here that De'Aaron Fox is probably going to end up as the
2: the most accomplished player in the history of the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, because when you look at, you know, the, the top 10 for the Kings uh, in scoring, Oscar is one, but that wasn't here in Sacramento. Jack Twyman, two, that wasn't here. So you get to Mitch Richmond at three, He's got twelve thousand seventy points. You could argue, you know, next year, you That's know, well within next, reach. yeah, like next, you know, two more seasons of full, you know, season basketball. De'Aaron Fox uh, could be there, and so uh, man, you could argue that he's the greatest player in Sacramento right. Kings history when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, and I think even DeMarcus this year, second on the Sacramento list at ninety eight ninety four. I mean. Fox could even pass him this year. It'd take a lot of points, but it's certainly doable. And if not this year, probably next year, he would move into second. And I just think it's uh, something to keep in mind here. As we watch De'Aaron Fox, we've seen his growth. We see him lead this team back into the playoffs. And that's a guy that I think when all is said and done, he's on pace to be, he'll have a resume that says best player in Sacramento Kings history.
2: Can we have this discussion, Whitey, how happy and excited I am for De'Aaron Fox to have this kind of success with this kind of franchise, think about it. When they drafted him out of Kentucky, Kentucky's a blue blood program. Kentucky's, you know, all-time winningest program in NCAA history in terms of uh, games won, I believe. And so then to come to Sacramento, he was a guy that came here that loved basketball, played with a sense of joy, a sense of passion. And I think, you know, the losing really took a toll on him. And so then you start to wonder, you know, where is he going to go in in terms of his career with Sacramento? Like, and so this last season brought back that joy that we saw from De'Aaron Fox. You know, I I was talking to him, you know, the other day, uh, you know, he's a big pickleball player now. The fact that, you know, He's stuck around here during the off season. He's in the gym all the time. He's in the community. You go to Lifetime in Folsom, you see him playing pickleball. Like, that's so huge, I think, for this organization, for this city. And it could have went the other way for De'Aaron Fox. You know, I, I, like I said, I thought some of his joy was robbed with the losing. Uh, there was no hope. Uh, that this franchise would turn it around. And then you get Monty McNair, Mike Brown. You bring in DeMontis Sabonis. I think that's the trade that really reinvigorated De'Aaron Fox. And, you know, Sacramento has a love affair with this guy, and rightfully so, because he's homegrown. Uh, uh, you know, they drafted him. They developed him. And he wanted he, said, he wanted, to be here. Exactly, and, and to see that success, see him rewarded with this kind of success, it's a great story for Sacramento. Something to keep an eye on this year as he continues to climb up the all-time King scoring list. When
1: we come back, the NBA is preaching an 82-game season, but are the players listening? Are teams mm. listening? That's next with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. <laughs>
0: Live and local, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. SAC Town Sports.
1: That's Drive Guys. Hello. Boy, we're having fun talking basketball today. Gets you excited about the regular season, does it? Does it not? I'm ready, man.
2: What are we? Less than two weeks away. Yes, we are inside two weeks now. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. On the road in Utah.
1: Yeah, as we mentioned, Kyle Draper's got the
2: call for the Kings and the Warriors Sunday night. Rivalry renewed, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the most anticipated preseason game at, at least since I've been here. And I am just hoping some of the big names play for Golden State. Yeah, we gotta talk about that top of the hour. Draymond had some interesting things to yes. say about that rivalry now. <laughs> Draymond. He's, got- He's trying to get on our good side right now. <laughs> we'll talk about that. He's trying to get you know, get on our good side here in Sacramento. Yeah, so we got uh we
1: got that coming up
2: here and looking forward to your
1: call on on Sunday night. I don't know what to make of this. We all, as NBA fans, we would love to see everybody play every game. We know that that's just not the way it is now. But Joe Dumars, who is the uh, NBA executive VP and head of basketball ops, he said that the making this public, uh, telling everyone, the league has communicated to the players and teams that, quote, we are really emphasizing that this is an 82-game season, end quote. And they're also telling uh, players and, and teams the data indicating player rest doesn't necessarily translate to players being healthier. So they're trying to tell the players, you guys should play. They're telling the teams you should play your guys. If you rest them, it might not make any difference. I understand what they're doing and I hope they are successful, but I just don't see any way they're
2: gonna be. I, I don't I don't see any way they're gonna be. Basically, what you're you you may be signaling or, or telling the players this, but it's the organizations. They feel yeah. like you know what? Our best chance to win a championship is to rest our players and have them fresher for the postseason. And I'll push back on Joe Dumars and what the NBA is saying in this. When you look at player longevity in the league, remember before, guys were toast in year 11, 12, like they were done. Now you got LeBron James entering year 21. Let's say there wasn't, you know, load management or rest or, you know, the, the paying attention to, you know what, It's an 82-game league, yeah, but maybe we'll only play LeBron 65 this year. But then maybe you only see LeBron 14, 15 seasons. And so I push back on what the NBA is saying. You know, be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Sure, guys might play uh, 82 games, but the postseason is longer than it was back. Remember, back in the day, used to be uh, first rounds were, what, five-game series and everything like that? That's one
1: of the single biggest factors in all of this. Yeah, Joe Dumar said yesterday, we've got more data. It just doesn't show that resting, sitting guys out correlates with lack of injuries or fatigue or anything like that. What it does show is guys may not be as efficient on the second night of a back-to-back. But in terms of injury and things like that, that we thought that it did prior as we got more data, we realized that's not really holding up. So it almost sounds like they're uh saying... Well, maybe I everything mean, we yeah,
2: thought, yeah, might not might be true, not be true now. Might all not, of a sudden, yeah, uh, like they didn't do studies on this before, right? Like I thought we had data, you know, before that, you know, sort of helped institute this this change in the NBA. And I, I don't see it making much difference. I really, if I'm if I'm being hundred percent honest, I don't think there's as much load management going on as we're making it out to be. I do think players are hurt how many times in football basketball whatever the sport everybody's playing with something now every so if your star player is banged up has a sore knee something like that why not give him an extra game or two off especially when your your big prize is the uh nba championship and so i'm sorry we may talk about you know it's an 82 game season sure but like i said the playoffs are longer you're asking for guys to do uh you know, summer commitments in terms of Olympics and FIBA World Cup and all that. And so uh, I could argue the game is more taxing physically now. There's more of a toll on you physically now so that guys, you know, do need to rest more. And it's a way to prolong their careers. So I'm okay with it. I am, too. And I understand fans and, and people
1: in the game who've been around the game for a lot longer who came up, in an 82 game era when people played every game, I understand why for them it's difficult to say, you know, okay, well, I guess it's all right. If LeBron rest, you know, it's more often those people say Michael Jordan played every game. Um, but I think you're right. Michael Jordan might've played longer if he'd, Managed his load, which right, was unthinkable. Right. I've, I read a book about his time with the Wizards, and there are people that say his second year, he was playing really well, but then his knees started going out, and rather than rest him, he just kept playing, and then he was done. Yeah, um, I think it's like, you know, in baseball, 162 games, very few guys play all game all the games, but we don't expect them to. So why should – in football, you know, if a team has clinched something, I know the sport is different, but – If you've clinched things, you don't necessarily play your starters the last game of the season, right? There's no reason to. So it makes sense that, especially when you're paying so much money to older guys that you need in the playoffs, that you would try to do everything you can to make sure they're ready for the playoffs. I understand it.
2: Yeah, and I'm 100% with you on that. You know, you play to win a championship, especially in this rings culture that we have like, you know, not only the NBA, but media fans, we've sort of devalued the regular season. Because how many times have we uh, discussed a player, they didn't win a championship, so, oh, they must be garbage, they're not a winner, you know. So now we're faulting players for resting to get ready to try and run for a championship. I pulled up some some old players here. Isaiah Thomas, great player. Remember, not, not the Kings Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Under, Thomas. One of the most underrated superstars yes. in history. Guess when he retired, how old he was? 35, I don't know. Thirty-two years 34. old. Think about it. can you imagine, you know, if if players, you know, these days, like we got guys playing until 40 now. Like we saw Vince Carter Vince Carter into his forties. LeBron's gonna be, what, 39, I think it is, this year. And so I, I just, you know what? Players' careers have uh, you know, become longer because of load management, I think. And so that, to me, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I the league, I
1: guess, is saying, well, that's not necessarily why their careers are longer. But hello, <laughs> I don't think I need to do a study to come to that conclusion. I do think the league is going about it the wrong way. And I understand why it's an issue for the league, especially when it comes to TV games, right? When you have a nationally televised yeah. game and there have been instances of this in the past and supposedly there, are, well, I think the league is taking action now where there are fewer of them, but you have a nationally televised game and you're going to watch, it's like, The Lakers are on, but LeBron's not playing. The Warriors are playing. Steph's not playing tonight. Oh, really? So I understand why that's bad for the league, and they want to avoid that. I think the league needs to work with the players and the teams and say, how can we be partners on this? We understand that you want to win championships and play your best basketball. That's good for us, too, but this is our problem. Rather than make these mandates and the
2: player participation policy, which I just don't think is going to work. Yeah, and you know, to Kawhi Leonard's point, he said, he doesn't load manage the games, even though we know he did, especially in San Antonio. But the games he misses, it's because he's hurt. And we talked yesterday about it. If a team wants to rest a player, all you got to do is say, ah, he woke up with a sore back or his knee is sore today. Like, it's so easy to miss games. I do like... uh the minimum for MVP. Like you got to play a certain amount of games. Like I, I, I don't think you can win an MVP if in playing 56 games or something like that. And so I do like that. Uh, but this mandate, you know, teams are going to get fined and all this. I don't think load management is as big of a problem as you know, the league is making it out to be. And to an extent, the media is coming up. Draymond green has weighed in on the, what do you, what, what, I just, I, anytime <laughs> you mention Dre, I'm just like, Really dude Draymond ah, uh Kings ah. and Warriors Sunday and Draymond Green sharing his thoughts
1: on the state of the rivalry. Is it even a rivalry <laughs> in his mind? That's next year with the Drive guys on Sacktown Sports.
0: Can Mike Brown build on last season's coach of the year award? Can the Kings exceed 48 wins? We will be better prepared to make the run that we expect the run come next playoff. Tune into every Kings game this season on Sacktown Sports and sacktownsports.com. All new spring deals are here at Lowe's. Start planting your garden this weekend with Bonnie 11.8-ounce vegetables. Buy four for $10. Plus, liven up your patios and decks with fresh blooms. Select 1.5-gallon hanging baskets or two for $20. Lowe's knows spring. Lowe's knows home improvement. Offers valid through 517, in-store only. Actual plant size and selection varies by location. While supplies last, excludes Alaska and Hawaii. The NorCal Sportsman Show is coming October 14th and 15th at the Grounds in Roseville. Get huge year-end deals on everything outdoor. Hunting, fishing, camping, golf, and more. Plus free interactive family activities, live music, the Big O' Tires Custom Car Show, and a real catch-and-release pond from Fisherman's Warehouse. Don't miss this first-ever event sponsored by Roseville Auto Mall. Get your tickets now at NorCalSportsmanShow.com. That's NorCalSportsmanShow.com.
1: My name is Jim Conroy, and I am the CEO at Boot Barn. As we celebrate 45 years supporting the Western community, we have been reflecting on the American Cowboys' incredible influence on our nation. Through tenacity and grit, they persevere to keep the Cowboy legacy alive while feeding families across the world. It speaks to the strength and spirit of our country, and we are honored to support this proud heritage. Thank you for sharing the West with us for 45 years.
0: If you're a business owner, Mercedes Benz of Stockton invites you to see their selection of Sprinter vans and purchasing a Mercedes.